When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. So welcome back to the Smart Strong Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Ben James, and we're my co-host, as always, Jacob Stay. Morning, Jacob. Morning, Ben. So today we're talking about the shoulder, and common theme with some of the other podcasts we've done recently, well, how does the shoulder affect back health? How does back health potentially affect the shoulder? Uh, and it's one that you're going to want to continue listening to, because a lot of people will think, well, the shoulder is just where the arm attaches to the body. But actually, the shoulder joint is is quite unique, and there's some bony anatomy we want to discuss, as well as some important muscles that cross that joint that contribute to stability at the shoulder, and uh, the muscles that contribute to uh, stability of the spine. And obviously, if these joints aren't working effectively, and if the mechanics and movement around the spine isn't as we would hope then we can have impact on the shoulder, we can have impact on the back. And again, back to sedentary lives and the lifestyles we lead, what are the things that are affecting shoulder health and back health that are contributing some of the problems? And we're not specifically going to talk about uh, some of the shoulder injuries and some of the common problems that we see in sporting activities with the shoulders, but it's very much about linking the shoulders to the spine. And it's one of those subjects that, again, people just aren't, familiar with and they don't think of when they're thinking about back health and shoulder health so to start off with Jacob let's dive straight in as we discussed just before we started around the bony anatomy and put a bit of context around the shoulder joint that a lot of people will maybe be quite surprised about I guess when we talk shoulder yeah so the I think you've said it there the thing to consider is actually the um the, the shoulder joint or the shoulder stability itself contributing to the core stability. And we can, we can more or less break it up into two groups of muscles just for the purpose of explaining it. And the first is the muscles that makes up this stability of the shoulder blade. And then when we have a stable shoulder blade, the other group of muscles, and there's a slight overlap, that actually contribute to the stability of the core. And so, uh, mm-hmm. to explain that better, uh, if you think of the shoulder blade, and like uh, Ben said, we're looking at the, we look at the shoulder, we're looking at the shoulder blade fixed onto the rib cage, and how stable that is. And um, shall I mention some of the muscles? Yeah, I think maybe we will come onto the muscles shortly because you mentioned the ribs there, which is interesting because one of the things that I found amusing when I've spoken to a lot of friends when we talk about the ribs is people people are surprised when you say, well, the ribs go from the front of the chest right the way back around into the spine. So you've got ribs at the back? Uh, yep. Yeah, you've got ribs that go all the way around. It's a barrel, right? And on that, on that kind of uh, barrel at the back is the scapula or the shoulder blade, which is an important part of, of the shoulder, clearly. As, as chiropractors, we know that, but a lot of people just think of that kind of ball and socket, not that it is a true ball and socket shoulder joint, I guess. 
Yeah, and I think um, where uh, what people don't know about the joint where the shoulder blade is fixed onto the rib cage is that how it becomes unstable is the fact that you know in in our modern day life we don't actually do any more movements or make these movements that actually stabilize the shoulder blade. Interesting, yeah. It's already a very unstable joint to start with because if you think of it, you've got the ribs forming this this platform where the shoulder blade is sliding on top of, and so it's very dependent on uh, a big group of muscles actually positioning it in, it in the right place. Yeah, and from there, from there, providing stability towards the whole spine from the head down all the way to the uh, to, to the to the pelvis, but. I think where it goes wrong, and um, this is very important to know for a lot of people, is that we we don't actually do any more pulling movements that involves us standing upright and pulling a heavy thing with a good posture. You know, and I tell people opening a door is not actually pulling anything. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's not it's not weighing up uh, to enough effort that you're applying to actually pull something heavy. If you pull a heavy object on the floor with a rope. Immediately, all the muscles around that shoulder blade is going to jump into action, and it's going to it's going to be stimulated. We just simply don't do that anymore. So we we lose that stabilization at the shoulder blade itself, so that the shoulder blade itself starts migrating to a different position, mm-hmm. and then we we end we end up with a situation where some of these, you know, there's a good few muscles contributing to the stability, and some of them actually go on holiday. And, <laughs> And and then we have a few others who take over and start doing the job as if that's normal, but it's actually not normal. So we we have a compromised posture, looking at the the shoulder complex and its function. Yeah. That, and that becomes the norm, you know. And that's where the brain then starts thinking that this is just normal, and mm-hmm. uh, and of course it, it it tries to give stability to the spine from there, and that's how we end up with a whole cascade of other problems. Yeah, and it's interesting because coming back to your point about the the shoulder blade being very much fixed by the muscles, that in itself is incredibly unique because if you look at most joints, you know, the, the shoulder, the hip, they have the the labral tissue that helps to increase the depth of that joint and increase stability. Then we've got a lot of ligaments um, that we've touched on before that are attaching and, and um, making those joints much more stable again. But the scapula on the rib cage on that platform as you as you described at the back is very much reliant on the muscles holding it in place so we're kind of we're looking more proximal towards the spine first when we look at the shoulder before we even consider what people would think is the shoulder joint and again you know just before we touch on some of those muscles and and not just muscles in the back that are helping with stability but also muscles in the front because surprisingly that that bone protrudes through to the front which a lot of people yeah. would again think wow okay so that it, it sits on my rib cage but actually there's a bony process that is that is anterior in in the upper chest yeah. just um, under the just under the collarbone is that bony process exactly exactly and people wouldn't wouldn't assume that if they didn't do any anatomy or have any knowledge of this and i think again when we apply that to people in the gym You'll see so many people just lifting shoulders, the, the deltoid, that kind of big muscle on the lateral part of your shoulder, which is the, the muscle that a lot of people would uh, associate with the shoulder, is where we're training. And again, we're not giving ourselves a stable base. 
and we've talked about that stable base around the spine, the same rule applies with the shoulder and the impact that not doing that can have can contribute to, to instability and again problems at the spine like we discussed. So let's talk a bit about the muscles um, because we've we've talked about how the scapula sits on, on the ribs at the back. There's a bony process protrudes anteriorly, the coracoid process, and then you've got that kind of glenohumeral joint where the where the humerus, the upper arm, attaches into that scapula, and that's how your your arms are attached effectively to, to the body. So that, that scapula, that shoulder blade, is a key bone that is important for for obviously activity but it's the muscles around it that uh, that we want to kind of focus on for a moment here so do you want to start off with some of those key muscles and we just talk yeah. about the problems that we see yeah so uh, just going to reiterate what we just said so what often happens when somebody has a shoulder problem specifically or something coming from the shoulder going to the neck or to the spine is it's often focused on the small muscles that are actually going from the shoulder blade to the upper arm. And I think that's a mistake, personally. I think the, the main oh. focus should be on what we just said, is actually stabilizing the shoulder blade on the rib cage first, because that's the anchoring point that we're considering and have been mentioning throughout the previous podcasts, you know, contributing yeah. to, to the stability of the whole trunk. Uh-huh. And so the muscles that actually take care of the stability of the shoulder blade itself is what we speak of as the big muscles at the shoulder blade, not the short, the small muscles. Uh-huh. And these big muscles, if you look at look at it from the back and from the side, the main ones there is the lat- latissimus, the lats that actually runs down on the side of the body from the shoulder blade into the lower back spine. And then we have, together with that, the lower trap. So we have this. Uh, we often just know of the, the traps, uh-huh. the trapezius muscle that sits on top of the shoulders coming from the shoulder blade to the neck. But in fact, you actually have one that goes downwards. And this is this is a very important muscle and very underdeveloped in most, almost all people. Yes. And uh, we'll get back to this in a moment. But then uh-huh. there's the other very important muscle that actually contributes to a lot of stability of the shoulder blade. And that's the serratus anterior. Yeah. And this, the serratus actually just pulls the shoulder blade flat onto the rib cage. You know, and that's if this muscle is uh, on holiday, we usually speak of uh, winging scapula. Winging scapula is actually a, a winging opening shoulder blade. So the, 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 the medial parts of your shoulder blade will come off the rib cage and it will stand out like what we consider to be wings. Yes, that's yeah, a good, good description. And then the last very important, there, there are more obviously, but the last big important muscle is actually the pec. Yes. So the, the pec in the front actually gives a, a lot of stability to the, the, well, not directly to the shoulder blade, but to the upper arm, but it's very important. And the pec minor, mm-hmm. very important. It's just the pec minor is just below the, the big chest muscle, also coming from the rib cage in the front, going to this little bony process, which we talked about sitting just underneath the collarbone. Yeah. Yeah, so those those are the big muscles you have to consider and you have to stimulate somehow in the, with the right movements and maybe continuously in the beginning and later just from time to time, but you have to you have to consider 
how you're going to use these muscles to create more stability at your shoulder blade. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think when you, when you put it into context, if you think about the different line of, of pull and drive of those muscles that you've described, serratus kind of anchoring that scapula down, almost pulling it flat onto the ribs. When you think of the lower traps, the, the orientation trying to pull that scapula down to kind of towards the floor if we're standing and the same with the with the lats and then you've got your pet minor attached to that crocoid process anteriorly trying to pull it forward a little bit you can imagine that if those muscles are imbalanced that scapula is going to be moving in in potentially a number of different uh, planes or directions and clearly from a biomechanical point of view mechanical point of view that's going to have impact elsewhere and back to the trapezius um, muscle specifically and in fact the the pecs one of the things that we commonly see <clears throat> excuse me is again back to that a lot of that sedentary seated posture is we're starting to become round at the shoulders and I know we've touched on this before in previous podcasts but as our shoulders are round in those pecs those muscles anteriorly are becoming tighter the upper traps are becoming tighter and actually the lower traps are weaker, the serratus is becoming weaker, serratus and anterior, because we're just not doing activities like you alluded to that are that are activating that muscle. And so what we're starting to see is that scapula is often migrating, it's moving superiorly, it's moving up, and it's often yeah. tilting forward. And so exactly. when we when you imagine that's occurring. If you just sit in your chair now, if you listen to the podcast and you're in a position to do so, if you just sit and kind of round your shoulders forward a touch and then you try and lift your arm up as high as you can, it's not going to go very far. And yeah, that's because you're blocking it off. Exactly, exactly. So I guess the question is in terms of kind of bringing that back to the spine, if we, if we are seeing more of this posture, uh, is that, in itself contributing to more shoulder problems and how's that influencing spine problems and again this is going to be a kind of um there's no definitive either way it's going to be a bit of both right yeah and i think yeah exactly it's going to be a bit of both and you never end up where you never know where the problem will end up but you're you want to go for that uh, the most advantageous mechanical advantage and that is obviously you know, being putting that scapula or putting that shoulder blade in the right place, but also being able to use it when, like you said, when you want to put your arms over your head, uh -huh. not having not having shoulder blades that just gets pulled up onto you know below your ears, but actually having them moving outwards, having a good range of motion, and, and, and so they can have a good movement that's not going to put more pressure through, for example, the shoulder joint. We don't don't want to focus too much on the shoulder joint. No. But, but, I mean, all of this goes together. You know, if it's if you're going to stabilize yeah. your shoulder, you're going to have better shoulder joint health, mm -hmm. uh, which we will discuss in the in a later podcast. Yes. Yeah. But, and uh, yeah. sorry, just to touch on the the spine there, because again, we've mentioned this before in terms of uh, thoracic that kind of mid back, as it were, uh, extension and mobility there. That again influences the shoulder. Absolutely, and it comes back to if you're sitting a, a lot and you have a sedentary job, or you know you're dry, you're a 
you're a driver of, of a truck or a or a delivery car or, or whatever, you will most likely end up with a very stiff upper back, which means your shoulder blades will automatically move upwards and you will lose the, the lower trap and lat and stabilizing effect of probably the, sh the serratus interior as well. So, uh -huh. you know, you're going to have to go and look up the range of motion, the mobility in the upper back spine. You're going to have to go and, and activate the lats, the lower trap, the serratus interior. Uh -huh. These are just things you're going to have to uh, look up in terms of range, range of motion if you want that to restore. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but if you want to avoid serious problems, you have to have some function and communication between the brain and these muscles, which in a lot of people is just uh, just not present at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, as always, if you refer to the show notes, we'll have um, some videos and some uh, visual guides to support and put into context some of the things that we're saying and one of those is is a great stretch for the thoracic spine to start to get to get that moving because kind of bringing this back in terms of what we can do and where individuals can start if you're suffering from some shoulder pain or just discomfort around the back around the shoulder blade because you're sitting all day a good place to start is to think well let's move back to the spine let's start with the spine because that's where our stable base is and if the thoracic spine is moving better if we've got more mobility there then a that's going to reduce impact on the on the lower back but also that's going to have an impact in terms of the movement of the scapula and that's where where things begin i think it's fair to say of course we want to consider all all these aspects and and usually when you have a a uh, dysfunctional shoulder complex or upper quarter, as we call it, you know, around the shoulder blade, then if that's been going on for a while, you most likely have a, a stiffened up lower back as well as a mm -hmm. response to the forces and the, the work that needs to be done in that area, not being distributed between these, these areas. That's what usually happens. One area gets isolated in doing the work. So you, you get a very, it just stiffens up and you get a very stiff localized area and that'll happen in one place and it'll happen in another place. And in the end, you become very rigid throughout. Yeah. And we know from the research, if that happens, you expose yourself more to a, um, to a link in the chain breaking instead of, you know, instead of all of it actually absorbing it and, and, and allowing you that uh, nice fluid movement and not getting injured. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think to kind of bring this back to, to the people listening in terms of what they can do, it seems, a, it seems a sensible thing to say to initially start focusing more on your posture and bringing it back to that neutral spine and the brace. Because as we've talked about before, the brace doesn't just involve the abdominal muscles, but it involves the pecs, the lats, and really if we're trying to visualize and get better control, the lower traps as well, of course. those are muscles that we've talked about that have a, have a key influence on scapular uh, positioning and stability. So for the listeners, should we just focus back on bringing this back to that, that neutral spine and that brace, just to put into context how a good brace will, will 
positively influence the scapular and shoulder positioning? Yeah. Um, so we, we've in the previous podcast we talked about the neutral spine and, and the bracing technique and, and how important that is. And now we're basically adding the upper quarters, the you know the thoracic spine, the upper back, and, and the shoulder blades. And we we need you to have the mobility in the upper back. So you're able to raise your chest bone, so you're proud. Not exaggerating that into extending too much, but you need to be in a, in a midpoint into that neutral spine extending from the low back up to the neck. And then, uh, if I understand you correctly, Ben, and I'm asking, answering correctly here, but then we want you to be able to actually direct the force to not only the core, but also to the pecs and to the lats. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel the tension at the shoulder blades, but the shoulder blades has to maintain has to maintain their their uh, their good position. Yeah. And from there, we want you to tense the core and the shoulder blades. In, in other words, tense the whole trunk without compromising the posture. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what you see in a lot of people is if I say, okay, I want you to, you know, I want you to stand upright, put your feet next to each other. Now I want you to brace in the core and I want you to push your shoulders down so we create some compression because that's adding that's the other link to the to the stability factor you see you push the hands to the floor so you're pushing or pulling the shoulder blades into the into the hips that's how you create that compression that you see that you need and use when you do a deadlift for example or you lift heavy things but what you see with a lot of people is you see actually a tilting of the shoulder blades forward so that the shoulder blades will tilt forward so they actually lose the lower trap and the muscles that keep the shoulder blade in the right position and that's not what we want no no and i think you know it's 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 it takes practice because you know over time with the studies that we've had and the and the training we've done you become very aware and you and you become very good at being aware of these individual muscles and and the movements that help to activate those muscles and you can you can't ever isolate yeah. one muscle as we discussed before but you can certainly become more aware and it does take practice because a lot of patients that um, I've spoken with before and a lot of friends that are working at the gym if you try and get them initially to try and activate these muscles it's like well you know the the movement as you say often is completely opposite to what we want to see and it, and it does take practice to try and draw those shoulders back and draw them down and activate those pectoral muscles at the front and the muscles in the back together to kind of pull those shoulders back and down and pull that scapula down and then with time you can definitely learn to do it and you'll definitely feel it but it has to be a daily habit again as we've said before this isn't something yep. that you know just happens overnight with bracing and with with um, with neutral spine. It takes it takes some effort. Yeah, and if, if you if you spend ten years sitting at a desk and right. lose losing the <clears throat> sorry losing losing the the communication between you know the nervous system and the right group of muscles to be able to do this, then I don't say it's going to necessarily take ten years to get it back. But you have to understand it's going to take it's going to take some weeks and maybe some months <laughs> and you know what what we what we discuss further especially if you go look on the website is the the small drill muscle exercises that you do on a daily basis and that you build up because there's always a progression with the exercises till you get to a certain level 
where if I say, hey, can you turn on the, 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 the shoulder uh, complex, meaning all the muscles we've discussed so far, you can create a lot of tension in that shoulder uh, without compromising the posture. And that's what we want. That's what we need. And that's when you will feel it. And once you felt it, you understand it. You will use it when you have to open a, a heavy door or you have to you have to pull something with a rotational force through the spine but you'll be able to lock your core and you'll be able to stabilize the shoulder and the chances of actually getting hurt in that way um is very small mm -hmm. and that, that's what that's what we're aiming for right exactly yeah i mean back to back to the the name of um of the podcast smart strong you know this is this is effectively what we're trying to create in people's minds is that actually if we have a better understanding and education and awareness and we train ourselves to have a stable platform those simple activities like opening a door that a are becoming um less efficient for a lot of people but they're contributing to to some very um maybe minor injuries but they're the start of some some more problematic injuries and it's those simple activities on a daily basis that are now causing us problems just simply because the sedentary nature of the lives we lead and the lack of awareness and the lack of knowledge so i think you know like you say um it's it's about taking ownership and it's about practice but in time that awareness will come and when you start to do those activities of daily living it will just become natural to move with a better posture in a neutral spine with a good brace from the core and also at the shoulder. And that in itself is going to make things far easier for you, but it's also going to make things um, much less risky. And put in, you know, bring in just briefly that in, back into the gym, because again, we like to just touch on um, those gym goers that are leaving work from that sedentary posture from the desk and going to work and maybe doing shoulder um routine or workout don't just pick up that big weight and do a shoulder press because if you've got that rounded back and those rounded shoulders then you are going to risk injuring some of the smaller muscles of the shoulder and they then can become chronic injuries because it takes a lot of time to put those right if we look at the platform first and we bring it back and we start at the spine and we start with stability, then you're going to be a lot healthier and a lot fitter and a lot stronger moving forward when you start to add in some more athletic activities. So again, consider what we're saying when you go to the gym because it's not just all about lifting a heavy weight, it's about forming that stable platform. And we've got some exercises on the website for thoracic mobility also specifically for the serratus anterior that's another important muscle that is a big focus when we look at um, starting the journey I guess with with regards to to shoulder mobility so head on over take a look at the the website take a look at some of the videos that will support some of the uh, information that we're saying today and put into context what we're saying um, and as always head on over to to iTunes and give us a rating helps us share the message helps us to get uh, awareness out of of the podcast as we develop and we we add content and in time we'll have some additional videos and we'll have some courses that can 
help to put a lot of this information into a journey for people to to help improve back health. So any final points, Jacob, that you want to add in on the shoulder before we close for today? Uh, no, I just, I, just, I just want to say to people, um, for a lot of people, this, especially if you, if you listen to this, maybe you've had some shoulder issues or maybe you understand what we're telling you of how important the shoulder and, and upper back, shoulder stability and upper back mobility is, is and contributes to maybe less, missing core strength that you've been experiencing or, or low back problems. And maybe what we're discussing sounds a little bit far for you right now, but I, I would encourage you to go and have a look at the website or uh, inquire more about uh, how you will get into this and start feeling what you're doing with your shoulders and your body. And I can only tell you that once you have got that ability, that it's a lot of fun. So Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I think that's a great point. I think once you start to have a better awareness of, of, um, of some of these things, then activity exercise does become a lot more interesting. It does become a lot more fun because you, you're not worried about are you doing the right thing are you doing the wrong thing so the the knowledge is is hugely beneficial if you're looking to get in better shape and and to train so it's a great point and you know if there are any questions specifically around uh, any specific injuries or you want to ask specific questions then we've got a uh, an opportunity for you to do that on the website just go to the contact us page have a look around and and add in any comments and we'll we'll get an email through and we can certainly look to to answer those and, and give a little bit more individual information. So thanks again, Jacob. And uh, again, just to reiterate, head on over to the website to look at some of the videos because there's a lot of complex information that we're talking about that, that for the layman um, maybe is difficult, difficult to contextualize. So the videos and the visual aids will, will certainly help. Thanks again for listening, guys. And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. So listen in, come back. Thanks again. Cheers, Jacob. Speak soon. Bye-bye. See you, man.